Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. That's the voice in my head that drives my heel. With your hosts, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And that's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Circles, special edition of Talking Circles. Hi, I'm Clinton Caldwell with Will Talmadge as we bring you a special edition of Talking Circles discussing all things Dale Earnhardt Jr. Big announcement today. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will retire at the end of the 2017 NASCAR Cup season. He will run two races in 2018, but in the Xfinity Series for his Xfinity Series Junior Motorsports team. But as far as the Cup Series is concerned, it looks like we're going to see the end in 2017. I wouldn't say surprising news. Um, I think when you think about him, his what happened last year with the head injuries, uh, with the concussions, I wouldn't call it surprising news. But certainly, will it was it's it was it's earth shattering as far as NASCAR is concerned. We're talking about the most popular driver for the last fifteen years, um, calling it a career. What were your thoughts when you heard the announcement this morning? I mean, Clay, you said it. He, it's definitely not surprising. Um, it's certainly a huge announcement for NASCAR, just what he's meant to the sport and, and his huge following, Junior Nation, that um, is so passionate about him and everything that he does, both on and off the track. It's um, it's definitely huge. But, um, you know, I agree with you, uh, considering his injuries last year, and uh, I think a lot of us thought that was the end. Uh, but, you know, like he said in his press conference, he wanted to have uh, a little bit of say-so, as he put it. And, um, you know, sticking it out for this extra year and um, – you know, it's it's sad to see, but at the same time, it's uh, you know it was time, and I think we can all agree about that. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. If you want to join the conversation here tonight on Talking Circles, we're talking about all things Dale Earnhardt Jr. Again, you know the guy who's got the by far and away the most fans in NASCAR. Um, you know, it it is a it's a guy who I think when you look at his career as a whole, you know, there's obviously two different half, I guess you can say there's a half where he ran it at DEI, and then there's the other half where he ran at Hendrick Motorsports. Um, for me personally, you know, I was very hard on him when he first got to Hendrick Motorsports, and he struggled. You know, there was no doubt in my mind. I thought the effort he put in the first couple of years at Hendrick Motorsports was suspect. Uh, and he's, to his credit, he's admitted that, um, that his effort wasn't 100% where it needed to be. And I, to me, he's gained a lot of respect for me for that, because there's not a lot of people who would have come out and said that and admitted that, um, especially when you have sponsorships that are paying all that money to be on the most popular driver's race car, come out and say, listen, I really was a different person. Uh, I think his, his future wife, his wife now, his future wife at that time, Amy and Steve Letarte, the crew chief there, when he, sort of you saw him turn, you saw him become the driver he was, he was, was uh, the successful driver again. And I think that's when, uh, to me, you know, Junior really showed himself, you know, He's never been the guy to win a ton of races a year. He won one one year where he really won a lot of races in 2004. He's never really won a ton of races, but he's been consistent. He's good enough to run up in the top ten every week. Um, but at the end of the day, he's gained my respect, Will, because I think when you, again, when you talk about a guy admitting that he was sort of lazy uh, for the first couple of years in Hendrick Motorsports, I think that, to me, uh, is is a big step in the, was a big step in the right direction for him to sort of right himself and right the ship here at Hendrick Motorsports. 
Yeah, you know, I'd say, Clay, there's no doubt that he's definitely grown, you know, both as a person and a driver in the past few years. Um, you know, admittedly a junior fan through the early part of his career, um, coming off being a Dale Senior fan for years prior, um, I came up with a million excuses as to why he didn't perform at Hendrick. And quite frankly, I wasn't the most excited that he had gone to Hendrick. You know, as an Earnhardt fan, of course, Jeff Gordon wasn't my favorite. Um, Jimmy Johnson, you know, his success notwithstanding, definitely wasn't always at the top of my list. Uh, but, you know, I'd come up with maybe he wasn't, you know, really taking to the car tomorrow. Back at that time, that was a new thing. Um, you know, there's even some theories out there, which I don't necessarily agree with, but uh, that he was trying to stick it to Teresa there, at leaving DEI, um, you know, high and dry there through that little period of time, which ultimately led to their demise. But um, yeah, certainly Amy, Steve Otart, like you said, definitely played a role. I think Amy more than anybody else. Uh, he's got his head on straighter, and uh, he's able to, to focus more. And I think that showed in the past couple of years, especially recently, uh, back to winning multiple races a year like he did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, and, and you know, you bring up the, the whole DEI transfer to Hendrick Motorsports. It's interesting because I think there's a lot of junior fans and a lot of Earnhardt fans who were sort of in the same boat that you were in, where, where they were Dale Senior fans, and they really didn't know where to go after the death of Dale Earnhardt. I think it was a very important time of his Dale Jr.'s career, obviously, in his life, because he lost his father, he lost his car owner. You know, there was some there were some bright times at DEI, no doubt about it. 04 was, for most for most of that season, you know, he really came into his own, and that's when he really took off. Um, and then, of course, you know, they had the team switch in 05, and then it sort of got hairy there. In 06 and 07, he blew all the engines, I think, every engine in the book in 07. Um and just to me, you have to wonder what kind of impact it had in his career that you sort of leave your dad's team, you go to a team that not too many fans of his or his father's was probably thrilled about joining a guy who was one of the dad's biggest rivals in Jeff Gordon as a teammate, Jimmy Johnson, who obviously he still stayed in the Chevrolet ranks. And I truly believed that if Joe Gibbs Racing was a Chevrolet team, there would have been some competition for him. But there was no doubt once – you realized that Joe Gibbs Racing was going to Toyota. He was going to Hendrick Motorsports. It was just a matter of who was the driver out. Um, and, you know, for the first part of his career, no doubt about it, for the first part of his career, I think you looked at it and you said, at Hendrick Motorsports, you said, man, he really underperformed. He hasn't been unbelievable in the second part of his career, but that last year with Sleeve Tart, when he blew his tire there at Kansas, that was he had a chance to win the championship that year. I truly believe the team was peaking at the right time. Junior was doing some of the best driving he, that he ever did. And the blown tire at Kansas really, really hurt that. Um, and that was the end of him, you know, as far as the championship was concerned. And he never seemed to seem to have the same mojo with Greg Eyes that he had with Steve Letarte. Uh I don't think there's any doubt about that. But um, ultimately, you know, why do you think this happened, Will? Why do you think he decided, you know what, 20 20- 2017 is going to be my last season. Do you think it was the head injuries? Do you think it was the fact that the season's too long, 36 races is a long schedule, now that he's a married man, he wants to start a family eventually? What are your thoughts? Why do you think he eventually uh, ultimately called it a career today? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, definitely the, the injuries played a major role, and uh, I think we saw that even you know more with Carl Edwards and his sudden decision where uh, I believe we, we really think that that kind of spooked Edwards into, um, you know, getting out of here a little ahead of what everybody thought. Um, but, but definitely, you know, he's 
He said repeatedly that he wishes he would have known how good married life was, so he would have done it sooner. Um, you know, you have to take that all into consideration. And, and, you know, he's never really, at least in recent years especially, when he's been able to get that proverbial monkey off his back, you know, that, that was his father and his father's legacy, that, um, you know, he was able to find himself as a person. And, and you know, he never really took himself too seriously. Uh, definitely not as seriously as, you know, NASCAR Nation always has, especially a lot of his critics, you know, always said he's not his father, he'll never be his father, and, and you know, all the different things that were said about him. And, um, you know, that really didn't bother him. It's, you know, it's funny. You look at his, his Twitter page here, and um, his description really says nothing about being a NASCAR driver. Uh, you know, retired dealership service mechanic and a former backup for the Mooresville Blue Devils varsity soccer team. You know, it's um, it's funny to look at it that way because he's got so much going on in his life personally that, you know, although his heart is and probably always will be behind the wheel of a race car, um, you know, certainly now and even in the, the near future, uh, he's got other things going on. And, and he wants to have a little fun while he's still young, while he's still healthy. And, uh, and he's going to do it. You know, why not? He's going out on his terms. He had to say so that he wanted so badly, and, and you know, he's going to take advantage. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think part of it definitely was the head injuries. You know, when you look at um, – I know when he stepped out the first time due to the concussions with Regan Smith filling in that 88 car, um, I think it was Fred Lorenzen's daughter reached out to him over Twitter, I believe it was, or Facebook, and said, hey, you know, you did the admirable thing where people – you know, might look at it as sort of a, well, he's not really that tough kind of move, but my dad is kind of going through dementia because of, of act, what we think is accidents and what the impact he had on it, the impact, the accidents, and not having the safety regulations you guys have now on your career. So you did the smart thing. So I think that definitely when you look at that, you know, this is coming from a race car driver's daughter. And I was listening to his podcast this week, and it was kind of – Interesting that Kelly, that uh, last week maybe it was that Amy came out and said, "Hey, you know, um, you want to have kids? We want to have kids eventually, and uh, your kids won't ever see you race." And I thought, hmm, "Well, yeah, that's because he's going to sign another three-year extension at Hendrick Motorsports, and it's going to take her maybe you know nine months. And by the time they're two, they're not going to really remember anything." Well, that meant obviously we knew they knew the announcement was coming. We didn't know that, but. Um, they knew the announcement was coming right around the corner. Um, so when you look back at, at that with Fred Lorenzen's daughter, I think you have to sit there and say, what kind of impact is this going to have? Would head injury, further head injuries have on his well-being with being a father? And I think that had a major, major deal. And, and not only a father, a husband, to Amy as well. Uh, I think that had a major, major thing about it. And also when you think about it, you know, his dad died in the race car. And, yeah, you can say, well, you know, it was a freak incident, and we've come a long way with safety since then, you know, safer barriers, Hans device, full-face helmets, whatever you want to call it. But still, you know, when you think about that, you know, that might weigh on you a little bit, especially when you get closer to his age. So I think all that will kind of had a, a um, you know, ultimately had a, a big part in this. I definitely agree with everything that you said. And uh, I'll flip that script a little bit on you, but while staying within the same theme, is, um, you know, Junior grew up with his dad being away all the time. He, he was a champion throughout the 80s, and that's the bulk of Junior's teenage years. 
And, um, you know, he didn't see his dad a lot. You know, if, if you read a lot about it, you'll see that their relationship was a little bit rocky then. He was away at military school. Um, you know, and, and one would think, and this is a little bit of speculation on my part, uh, honestly, but uh, you would think that a, a guy, especially his age, he's, you know, over 40 now, and, uh, you know, he's going to want to spend the time with his kids that maybe he didn't get with his dad. Um, you know, he never had that strong relationship really until he got into, you know, the upper levels of racing uh, where he was really being mentored by his father, you know, when he got into the Bush series and, you know, the late 90s there. So uh, I think that plays a role in it too. And like I said, that's a little bit of speculation on my part, but, you know, how can you not think that way when you really understand what he wants out of his life moving forward with a family? And especially because, you know, we mentioned the schedule, 36 races when he was growing up. I think it was maybe at most 30 and they ran mm-hmm. a lot more races on the East Coast where his dad was probably home a lot more. And, yeah, you can fly now, but it's it's a lot different, you know. And I think when you have seven more weeks on the schedule and you're away seven more weeks and you're practicing seven more weeks, and you know, it just adds up on you. So I think that's definitely – I think that's a, that's a fair point for sure. Uh, 917-889-8280 if you want to join the conversation here on Talking Circles. Clayton Calder, Will Talmadge, talking about Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s retirement. What do you think's next? I mean, you know – when you think about it, he's got Whiskey River. You mentioned that today in the press conference. You mentioned also you know he's got the two Xfinity Series teams. Um, what do you think What do you think's next? You know, that, that's my question here is um, what, do you think, what do you think is next as far as, um, you know, what his future holds? Do you think maybe um, he could be a broadcaster? That's That's – that's a good one. You know, can he be a broadcaster? Can he be a, a you know, um, a car owner more involved with the organization than what he's been with? you got to remember, he's got a day job. Uh, his day job is being a race car driver in that 88 car. That's ultimately one of the most important things um, that he does. That's ultimately his job, his number one priority. So when you're at the track Friday, you know, maybe doing a sponsorship appearance on Thursday, you're at the track Friday, and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, you can't devote as much time to being a car owner as you would like. So I think definitely, um, you know, that that is something he might be able to do, uh, maybe maybe further be a, a car owner. But what about the broadcasting ranks, Will? Do you think that's something that maybe Dale Earnhardt Jr. could get himself into? I mean, there's, there's he's done it. He did it at Daytona this year. And I'm sure that's something that, uh, you know, TV, which ratings are down, I'm sure the TV networks would love to have him as a broadcaster. I definitely think so. He seems to enjoy himself when he's up there. Uh, He seems to do a good job, you know, as far as my opinion goes, uh, which has been true even since Jeff Gordon joined it. It's nice to have some more contemporary guys up there who have a better understanding of these new Generation 6 cars and, and, you know, the – some of the, the mindset of the drivers that are out there nowadays, uh, and you're absolutely right. It, the, the concern right now, I think, with some, and possibly in the, the upper ranks of NASCAR, is, um, you know, is this going to really have an effect on NASCAR moving forward with his popularity? And that will definitely maintain some of that fan base, I think, um, to getting people to tune in and, and see what Junior has to say. Because, uh, you know, his opinion has been, and I probably continue will continue to be uh, you know, hold a lot of weight as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think broadcasting is an option, although it doesn't strike me as being 
so high on his list of priorities that he'll be, you know, a consistent player in the booth, uh, you know, but certainly maybe a handful a year. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. If you want to join our conversation, uh, this is John from uh, up there in by Boston. Uh, John, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, like everybody wants to, it's good to be back. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not there tonight, Clayton, but it's good to yeah, talk about Junior. Down. I mean, it's um, it's something we both you and I talked about before the season. I we saw this coming. Uh, we were kind of surprised that he got back in the car to begin with, but it, I mean, like the one thing that he got to do it on his own terms. And that's the one thing that was really good about it. Not everybody gets that chance to go out on their own terms. Most everybody goes out whenever father time says it's time to go. And he picked his own terms. He got back in the car. He's comfortable in it. They've had some, a couple times for I mean, if you look at the Daytona 500, he looked great. He was leading the race whenever he wrecked. It's just, I mean, it's a day that was coming. But the one thing that I've heard a couple people, I was listening to Moody this afternoon saying, well, there was NASCAR before Junior, there was NASCAR before Senior, there was NASCAR after Richard Petty and all that stuff. I think this is a big blow to NASCAR right now because of all the merchandise sales, he's 25% of the merchandise sales. That's a lot of money going away. It's going to be troublesome for Hendrick Motorsports to have the same kind of performance out of that 88 car once junior goes away because we've talked about that too the junior gets more money for sponsorship on the 88 car than what nascar has for the series out of monster energy so it could could prove problems have i mean could cause some major issues at hendrick motorsports and for the sport in general yeah listen i I totally agree and um you know i totally agree as far as Obviously, we're going to have to figure out who's going to be in the 88, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, you know, when you think about the the impact he has as far as sponsorships are concerned, the guy can self-sponsorship. There's no doubt about it. And, and it, it's just it ultimately goes back to his popularity, uh, just how popular he is and just how popular, how much the fans love him, Will. And I think that's something that, um, you know, Will Hendricks Hendrick obviously is a multi-million-dollar operation. Uh, multi, even You can even say maybe even a billion-dollar operation. But, um, they're not going to have as much money coming into that 88 car, I don't think, no matter who drives it, without Dale Jr. So what are your thoughts on that? You're definitely right. There's no way to sugarcoat that. There's no way to spin it. There's just no other way to say it other than you're absolutely right. Dale Jr. is the, the proverbial cash cow, uh, if you want to call it that. He definitely brings in a boatload of money. Um, you know, Hendrick is a resourceful operation. They're a big operation as far as money goes. So will they be able to maintain his team? Yeah, they probably will. Um, you know, we've seen Rick put his name, you know, to dealerships and things like that on, uh, on the five car in recent years. Um, so my worry isn't so much with their ability to maintain a car on the racetrack um, as it is, you know, to, to be at that level. They, um, you know, there's talk of different guys who can come in, um, you know, Alex Bowman, William Byron. Um, Byron seems to carry along his Liberty University sponsorship wherever he goes, um, whether or not that's big time enough to maintain, uh, you know, a cup-level team, that remains to be seen. Uh, supposedly nationwide and, and that group that, that currently uh, is with the 88 team seems to like Bowman. But uh, once again, you know, he, he's an unproven commodity. He did a great job filling in last year when Junior was hurt. But uh, 
it's something that's going to be interesting to see how that develops. You know, who jumps ship, um, who's willing to take that chance, the leap of faith on a new driver. Um, if that's what it turns out to be, and I think we can assume that they're going to want to fill that seat with some young talent as opposed to, uh, you know, a more veteran-type guy who, you know, might be washed up, so they say. Uh, or even if maybe that's too harsh of a term to use, but, um, you know, that's the way of the sport. It's it's younger. It's getting younger as we go, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens and what that means for sponsorship dollars. Well, the one thing, Will, that you had said about Nationwide sort of likes Bowman, yeah, they do, but also Nationwide's also the same people that went to Rick Hendrick when Dale had his concussion and said, we want Jeff Gordon in the car if we can get him. And they had to have some race with Alex Bowman because Gordon wasn't going to commit to the full half season. But they were still shaky about having an untested guy because you look at Alex Bowman, his only cup experience was with Tommy Baldwin before, and that was a crap show at best. I mean, he was a dart without feathers back then. Um, But I think it's a big sponsorship problem for Hendrick Motorsports. I think Bowman is, I mean, he's the real deal. He showed in his time filling in for Junior that he can drive a car, but I'm not sure if he's the one that's going to get the ride. And that's the thing, Johnny, with us, Sean. I think selling the sponsorship, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, you know, the owner could say, hey, listen, I really believe in this guy. He, he's got a lot of skill, you know, and, and if you give us time, we'll be successful, and the sponsorship will go, okay. That's not happening anymore. You know, there's so much more to it now as far as PR is concerned and selling yourself. And, and you know, nobody really knows, John. We talked about this at, at nauseum that Tony Stewart wanted Kyle Larson first and foremost before he got Clint Boyer in that 14 car. Nobody knows exactly when Larson's contract runs out there at uh, Chip Ganassi Racing that, as far as public knowledge is concerned. But if you're Hendrick Motorsports and there's an option to bring him in there, you have to just try and do that. I mean, the kid's shown in your stuff. I mean, they, they get Hendrick chassis from an engines, or they get a Hendrick engines, excuse me, from uh, at, at Chip Ganassi Racing. So he's shown with that horsepower, he can go out there and, and win races and run consistently up in the front. Uh, and there's no doubt, I think Larson is one of the top notch young drivers in this sport. And he would sell Nationwide. Nationwide would be thrilled to get him. Uh, these big-time sponsors be thrilled to get them. You know, Will, you brought up Will, Alex Bowman and William Byron. I think they're good options. You know, Alex Bowman, like you said, we ran in the 88. I think he's a good option. I think William Byron's a good option. It's, it just depends on how if they want to rush him or not. He's a young, young kid, you know. And I don't think when they went and signed him, they had him in mind to take over the 88 car. I think they maybe have him in, in time to take over another team there at, at Hendrick Motorsports. So, um, I think that's something when you look at it, you say, well, that is an option. But how about this, you know, and and I'll throw it to you, John, first here. How about a guy like Ryan Blaney? Obviously a Team Penske, he's got the, got the uh, development deal there, but he's sort of in the test car, uh, I believe at least, there. Um, not really a Penske car, sort of. On the outskirts of Team Penske, do you see him maybe? If if they can get their hands on him, would he make that jump up? Uh, and, and really, is there any other names out there that we haven't mentioned? Well, the one thing you've noticed is Ford has been making a commitment this past year to younger drivers to make sure that Blaney stays in the fold. Um, what, I'm see- what I can tell is there's going to be a bidding war 
And the one thing that Chip Ganassi never does is tell the length of the contract, but um, Kyle Larson and Kyle Larson's agent knows when that contract's over. There is going to be a bidding war between Stuart Haas Racing and Hendrick Motorsports to see who gets Kyle Larson in that car. Yeah, Because (laughs) Danica's pretty much going to be done in the 10. Junior's going to be out of the 88. It's going to be a battle between the two of them. None of the none of the owners can afford what Roger Penske can. Roger Penske's can buy and sell Gene Haas and Rick Hendrick. So if, if it's a matter of money, Roger Penske, if he wants Ryan Blaney in that car, will keep Ryan Blaney in that car. And Roger Penske spent a lot of money, time, and effort to bring Ryan Blaney up through the system. So I don't see Ryan Blaney getting away from Penske, especially the way he's built that team with Keselowski and Logano and now Blaney, he's got three young guys who can be solid contributors in the Cup Series for the next 10 to 15 years. So for Penske's sure. got his team set for the next 15 years. They're going to need a, someone to take Danica's spot. Kurt Busch, he's getting up there in tooth, and nobody's really sure how content Gene and Tony are with Kurt Busch in the 41. There's another possibility for the spot there. I think if any, it's going to be a bidding war between Hendrick and Gene Haas, and Gene Haas can buy Rick Hendrick. So, I mean, if they really want him, Larson's going to go to Stuart Haas. It's a matter of whether right. he wants to stay with Chevy, stay with Ford. Let's, yeah, I mean, the options are endless, I think, as far as that's concerned. I think Carl Edwards is even an option there. But, you know, the, to bring it back to Junior here real quick, Will, in the last five minutes of the show, Hall of Fame, there's been a lot of talk about that today. Where do you think he ranks do you believe he's, he's a Hall of Famer? Do you believe he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? What are your thoughts on that, Will? Uh, the short answer for you, sir, is going to be yes, I do believe he gets in. Um, first ballot, I think, is going to be pretty unlikely. There's um, too much still that, that he carries with him, um, you know, warranted or not, you know, when comparing to his father. There, there's no doubt about that. It's going to take a little bit to shake that. Um, but I think you have to consider a few things. One, the first and foremost, the biggest thing by far, I think, is uh, the impact he's had on the sport. You know, most popular driver, 15 years running, and really, whether he wanted it or not, he did kind of carry things for those first, you know, few races at least, um, going into the first couple seasons after the loss of his father. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all those displaced Earnhardt Senior fans fell on his shoulders, and you know, maybe that changed a little bit over time as other guys came into the sport. But, um, you know, when you take that into consideration, and, and then quite honestly, I'll pose this question back at you, is what defines a Hall of Famer at this point? Um, is it race wins? Is it championships? Um, is it overall impact like we just discussed? Uh, because there are a lot of his contemporaries that are kind of on par with him as far as wins, top tens, polls, the, the, just the sheer statistics. Um so where do you go with that? I'd love to see that. I see on social media, folks are all over the board on that topic, and there's no yeah. cut and dry answer to that. I think he is definitely a Hall of Famer, and I think he will get in first ballot Hall of Famer. And it depends on how much you value uh, what you do off the racetrack, and it depends how much you value if you value at all a championship. That's one thing that's missing from his resume, no doubt about it. Um, a championship, I think that's a very important thing that's missing from his resume, but ultimately he's going to get in. There's no doubt about it. I think, um, you know, he's a guy who really defined this sport as far as popularity goes. 
Um, he's carried the banner as far as popularity goes. And I just think that the aura of Dale Earnhardt Jr., when you look at that, will be Hall of Fame. Now, there's no doubt. I don't think anybody's going to put him in the t- 10 greatest drivers of all time category. But I definitely think he will be in the Hall of Fame. John, what are your thoughts real quick on that? I think he'll get in, but not because of his merits, because I don't think you can put him in the 10 greatest drivers of his generation. I think he was a good driver. I think he brought a lot to the sport. And his two Xfinity championships are probably going to bring more to it than the cup career will. I mean, he has 26 wins and 600-plus starts. Carl Edwards has more wins than he does. Right. And Carl, Carl his is the same time. But he'll get right. in, and, a lot more... and a lot of it's because he's—I right. mean—he's tight with all the media members who are voting. How much you value a championship? Because you look at a guy like Ricky Rudd. Does Ricky Rudd get in? You know, and then when you put, you put Ricky Rudd in, you might have to put Dale Jr. in. That's to me, that's where it kind of gets a little hairy. And then you get into to our arguments that, um, you know, I, I just don't think hold anything. You know, I, I think it was, it, you get a little crazy there. But I want to thank Will. You did a great job tonight as co-host. Uh, filling in for John, who came in later. I appreciate you guys. You guys did a great job tonight talking about Dylan Hart Jr.'s retirement. Um, it was a it's a monumental day, and I think ultimately here, um, this is going to have an interesting impact on NASCAR because I was in the Daytona 500, and when he went to the garage, that crowd emptied, and that to me showed a sign of they still love this guy and they still support this guy. So if him not being there in 2017 and 2018. It's going to be very interesting. We'll see you next time on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.